0: Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter, with money off books and museum visits as well, plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash Ways. Acton, actung, and welcome to the latest uh, Christmas reading. And today we've got a slightly um, different take. This is from a diary by Veer Hodgson, um, who was quite a remarkable lady. She was born in 1901 in Edgbaston in Birmingham, where her widowed mother ran the family home as a boarding house. Um, Veer, although actually she was Winifred Veer, but she was always known as Veer. She was named after an uncle who was a marine biologist on Captain Scott's ship. Um, and she read history at Birmingham University um, and she taught um, at the Poggio Imperiali, which was the former summer palace of the Grand Dukes of Tuscany. Um, uh, and she did that sort of between the between the wars um, and then later taught at a school in Folkestone. But from the early 1930s, she was helping to run a local charity in Notting Hill Gate in London. Um, and she did keep a diary right from childhood onwards. Um, but also kept one up during the Second World War and, of course, witnessed all the highs and lows of being a Londoner in that incredible period. But rather than me reading it, because she's a she, um, my beloved wife Rachel is going to be reading it, which I think is much better. So you're all in for a bit of a treat.
1: December 1940, Monday the 9th. Last night was very bad indeed. Began soon after 5.30pm. Barashnikov and I had to run from my place to the sanctuary as the barrage was working up. It never ceased until 2.30am. Many bombs came down, some in our district. On inquiry today I was found it was around the Scion Convent, Cheapstow Villas and Dawson Place. People buried. Miss M arrived back at 8 o'clock. I got her fire going and made myself and Mr Hilliard a cup of tea. We had not turned in until 2am and had slept little. She had managed York there and back by being carried in a chair. Got her nice and warm and settled. Then back to my place, had a bath to freshen myself up. Worked hard all day, but felt very cheap. Doctor came and rather sobered Miss M. She has not put her foot to the ground for a fortnight, not even a toe. Thursday the 12th. No time to write my diary. Miss M being upstairs has made extra work. There is the selling of goods left over from the fair. Found the day a struggle, but got through somehow. Learned that Brum had a bad raid last night. We had plenty well of noise, but no bombs near us. I understand that Victoria Station was struck, and other places. Rumour goes that the Tower had it last Sunday, and the Governor injured. Greeks doing well, and we in Egypt. According to Mabel Lucy who passed on the prophecy, we are to have one more big setback and then we shall turn the corner. Good. Blighters are here tonight. I hope my people in Brum have a roof over their heads. Friday the 13th. Lovely letter from Lucy. I like the note outside. We realise in Rhodesia that the safe arrival of this letter is due to the British Navy. She has begun to receive the really bad part of my diary. "'September, and is appalled. "'I'm not surprised. "'But I hope she realise it is not like that now, "'else I should not be here to write it. "'Anyway, I am glad it is interesting people out there. "'Letter from Brum at last. "'Mother does not say much, "'but it was written before the Thursday raid. "'She talks of rows and rows of shops, "'houses small and large all down. "'It has to be seen to be believed.' A man in the Mercury was telling me that from the railway, Brum looks pretty bad. And if the Queen sent them £200, the King, who visited it, must have told her it was not too good. Anyway, I shall see for myself at Christmas. The better news in Greece and Africa cheers us up more than anything. I am glad that stuffing is being taken out of Mussolini at last. Sunday the 15th. Last night all clear went early, so I could go up with a tranquil mind. Friday night I chose the wrong moment. Guns were going strong. I kept close to the wall to dodge the shrapnel. Got in without adventure. Too tired not to sleep. Woke once or twice and heard a lot going on, but it failed to register, and I slept on. We have to keep the blackout until 8.30, and it is going to be 8.45. Very busy packing up parcels for the poor folk. Some few toys also that we have collected for the shelter and tube parties. Indeed, how to get through the work before Christmas, I don't know. It is formidable. My nice warden, Mr Booker, has gone into hospital. He has TB, a legacy from the last war. He told me that to resign from ARP was one of the hardest things he has ever had to do. I fear he will not get better. It is terrible. No Germans all day. A bit blitzy this evening, but not much. Miss M got there and back to Chichester. News interesting. Garvin pleased about Egypt. But another correspondent thinks Hitler is planning a new sort of Luftwaffe on us. Queer doings in France and Italy. Dr Remy is released from Canada and can return here or remain over there. Monday 16th No warning all day, but on and off this evening. They are trying to break through, but have not succeeded. Heard the bad news that All Hallows, barking by the tower, was damaged the other Sunday. Bomb came through near the altar. I understand Sheffield had it again last night. Good news from the Greeks and the desert, Most heartening. Been working hard all day. It is nearly eleven o'clock. We publish the paper tomorrow and again on Saturday. An awful struggle with all the Christmas things, but I suppose it will get done. Tuesday 17th. Very busy. Packed the paper and ran in all directions at once this afternoon. Missed the desert news, but I think it was good. The Bosch is preparing something else with these quiet nights. Just read Lord Lothian's last speech. Wednesday 18th. Had a terrible fright this morning. Was with Miss M, taking down some letters, when a telegram was brought to me. Tore it open and read, You must arrive by daylight. I jumped to the conclusion that the roof had been blown off the house in Brougham, or that Mother was ill. Went all sick and put through a call. Was in a thorough panic. Then the others in the office said... If it was a case of illness, the message would have said, come at once. So I thought again and became a little calmer. Then Mrs Hall produced a letter for me from Kath, explaining that when I come for Christmas, I must arrive in daylight, as often soldiers on short leave had been left in sidings all night because of bombs on the line. Anyway, this all helped in the end, for Miss M decided I must stay at home for the rest of the week. And go early on Tuesday. Just what I wanted. Saturday 21st. No time to write up my diary. Very, very busy. Miss M. Better. Rather a blitzy night now. Something nasty seemed to come down. A new sort of noise. Guns busy. Liverpool had a very bad time the other night. My cousin writes from Coventry. Old Palace Yard is down to the ground. The cathedral is gutted. Only the spire remains. Hartford and Smithford streets, West Orchard and Broadgate are flat. Terrible damage on the outskirts also. Have sent off lots of parcels of clothes. And we are giving toys to all the children in the public shelter. Opposite our shelter in China Walk, Lambeth. Miss M is giving the people a hot supper on Christmas Eve. Hot pies and mince pies. Then in our own shelter, the women will have a good dinner on Christmas Day. From here, we have given many women ten shillings to help them, also clothes and toys if they were children. It was so nice finding things to fit them. Sunday 22nd. Slept well, but woke very cold in the early hours and expected snow. Came down to the sanctuary. Heard that a bomber had come down on Victoria Station the previous night at seven. That was the queer wonk I heard. It descended with all its bombs on Ebru Bridge. The station is unusable and everyone had to go by bus to Clapham Junction to pick up trains. Guns are working way outside. Observer is very emphatic for us to watch for invasion this Christmas. I don't know about getting down to Brum. There are no extra trains and I fear they will be full. But Fred, our caretaker, is coming to the station with me. And perhaps, as I am only one, I shall wedge in somewhere. Monday 23rd. Very busy day. Just listen to the Prime Minister's magnificent speech to the Italian people, in the dramatic style that suits him, alluding to Garibaldi, Mazzini and Cavour and all we did for them. He alluded to Mussolini. It was a thrilling speech and made me think our Prime Minister is really the greatest man we have ever produced in all our long history, except perhaps for Alfred the Great. We have never been so near defeat as we were in June, nor so near invasion on our actual soil. It was just touch and go, and he saved us. A statue in gold would not be too much for what we owe him. Must get ready now to go to Brum, and will write diary on my return. Sunday ninth. Got to Paddington in good time. I was taking one of the fair prizes for someone who had won it. Train left late and was full, but I had a seat. I looked up at the glass roof of the station and marvelled that in spite of all the raids it was still there. Reached Brum an hour late, Dr Hillier waiting for me, and amazed I was so early. Kath was not setting out for about three hours. As we came out of Snow Hill Station, I saw the arcade. Opposite, black with fire, enclosed. Broad Street had had some hits, but not Hagley Road, and so far no bombs on Francis Road. Kath and I went down to the market place. Nothing much to buy. Apples were one and four a pound, and oranges difficult to obtain. I got four from a Jewish trader by spinning him a yarn. This was better than Notting Hill Gate, where I was allowed one. Saw new St Marshall and the Snellgroves is like John Lewis, only the damage is on a smaller scale. Smallbrook Street and St John, Bright Street are a mess. However, New Street has not gone on both sides. Christmas Day was nice. We had a goose which Kath had obtained, also a few nuts and chocolates, though all are very scarce. We thought of last Christmas, when we were short of nothing. In the evening I rang up Elsie, an old Edwardian school friend. "'and Neville, her husband. "'He came and fetched me "'and showed me his Divisional Warden HQ, "'of which he is justly proud. "'He sleeps there every night "'and has the phone by his bed. "'Often he is roused whether there is a raid or not, "'all a great strain, "'as he has to carry on his business as usual. "'Wonderful maps he has of every street in his area. "'I think ARP is very good in Brougham. "'In Cass Group,' the divisional warden located the streets of three bombs quite correctly from a distance. Very difficult to do. Kath has to cower in doorways away from shrapnel. She has had her particular Broad Street bomb to cope with. Had to take charge, more or less, but the shops were empty and she only had to look after distraught people living either side. We drank to a happier 1941. I phoned the Clives, who said they would be pleased to see us. Mother and I went by the first train, changed at Kidderminster and Wofferton and slow all the way. Sun shining and country looked lovely. Travelled with another old Edwardian going to Leominster. She told me about King Edward's being evacuated to Cheltenham and how difficult it was in the billets, how they returned to the new Bristol Road School. Then the billets began in earnest. So they went to Kidderminster, but the boys stayed on in Brougham. Arrived in Hereford, and since there was no one to carry Mother's bag, heavy with food, I hailed a coal cart and persuaded the boy to take it to the square for me. We caught the bus. The Clives were sweet. We talked of Lucy and Auntie Nell, and how peaceful it was in the village of Erdisland. Mother was enraptured, and I'm sure she will be happy for a few days. After lunch, had to catch the bus back. The place looked more like a picture postcard than ever. Saw a small tank pelting along, and the boys in it very pleased with themselves. Train to Shrewsbury It was pitch dark, but I shouted I wanted a train to Brum and was hoisted into one without delay. No blitz in Brum. Dr Hillier and Kath came to see me off. They had given me some eggs, most acceptable. Reached London at three PM, and took a taxi great luxury came down to sanctuary familiar sirens have gone and the guns are on once more have not heard a bomb yet and I hope they will soon go away Monday 30th after I wrote my diary last night there were terrible fires in London we went up on the roof to look at shepherd's bush flames were leaping and towards the city they were gigantic as I walked up the road I could see the smoke a great red glow filled the sky. I had no need of a torch. I could see every step I took and could have read a book if I had wished. The police said it was Waterloo Station, but the taxi man told Miss Moyes that the city was on fire and they were trying to save St Paul's. These were her first words to me as she arrived and I shall never forget the horror of them. This morning we heard it was a great attack on the city. Mr. Bendel rang up to say his office was down to the ground. When Mr. Hilliard came back, it transpired that his office in Finsbury was also gone. From Mrs. Whittaker, we heard that part of the roof of the Daily Telegraph had gone. Everything was so hot no one could go near. The fire went up Fleet Street, across Ludgate Circus to St. Paul's, and then along Cheapside. I did not think this part could be ruined any more but apparently there is now less of it standing. It took Guildhall and went along Moorgate into City Road. All this is a line of fire with true German thoroughness. St Catherine's Dock was gone, much damage to warehouses. No great loss of life except the poor firemen. Difficult to get food in the city today, no gas to cook by. Half the people could not get into the remains of their offices because they were still burning. All very crushing. I shall never bother with the Germans or foreigners again, except the Greeks, who have helped us. Makes you want to give other people a taste of what we have had. No warning tonight here, and I should think not. I do hope they are not pasting Brum the same. With regard to news on the home front, as if there is not enough to do, the cat was taken ill. He was ailing before Christmas, could not jump on a chair. I fetched the vet. He found it difficult to discover the cause of the intense pain. Between us, we poured some liquid paraffin down his throat. We wrapped him in a blanket to do this. The vet left a pill for him, night and morning. I put the little animal up on a shelf near some warm pipes. He seems better. A sheep and a cat are the two most difficult animals to treat, the vet said. Tuesday 31st. We had further news of the damage to the city and all through neglect. All was the same. No one wants to take responsibility. Let others do it. Common sense should tell us that it is madness to leave buildings to one caretaker or to no one at all in times like these. "'We don't leave this house, nor the one at home. "'It serves a lot of them right, "'but it has caused harm to many beautiful churches. "'Our postman looked at me this morning and said, "'It doesn't bear thinking about. "'I wonder if those that done it reflected on what they had done. "'I leave it at that. "'Mrs Starmer came in from the city. "'She had rescued her records, but the offices are doomed. "'No food in the city.' She looked worn out with the sight she had seen. They must be seen to be believed, she said. I boiled her an egg and made her a pot of tea for which she was most grateful. The cat is better and even asked to take a walk in the garden. But I had to carry him back, poor little thing. However, I think he will recover. I have never seen a cat so ill. Mr Herbert Morrison says that it will now be compulsory for every building to be guarded. I should think so indeed. On the postscript they gave us some of the phrases of 1940, all the best by Churchill. We shall never forget them. Blood and sweat and toil and tears. Description of the result of the far raid on the city. The largest area of continuous air raid desolation in all Britain. End of 1940. Be gone, ye powers of evil.
2: I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street Financier.
1: And I'm Katie Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades.
2: Welcome to The Rest is Politics, U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger,
1: Go on, tell us, were those donations you made like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example?
2: So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, (laughs) Caddy, or people will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007